here in LA, Reseda edition. Today we talk with Greg Stewart. Greg is a native Angelino who has spent most of his life in the valley and was in Granada Hills 30 years ago today when the Northridge quake struck. We'll talk about the valley, Lulu's, the Reseda Country Club, where he likes to volunteer, and what it was like being a Freemason for 20 years? A Freemason? So here he is, carrying a bag of oranges, Greg Stewart. Hey everybody, I am here with Greg Stewart. Hey! Yay! <laughs> All right, Greg uh, is representing the beautiful neighborhood of Reseda. Oh, we're doing Reseda? Yeah, we can do Reseda. It's a whole little thing. Reseda, Encino, Lake Balboa. It's let's, all the same. Let's do a Reseda. Okay. Okay. So, Greg, thank you, by the way, for coming here today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, you are a Valley expert, <laughs> aren't you? Uh, Valley native, I would say. If, I, if it makes me an expert, then then call me so guilty. This is why I love native Californians, <laughs> especially native Angelinos. Very humble. <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess so. I, you know, it's funny. I don't meet a lot of native Angelinos anymore. I feel like everybody's a, an expat that's here from somewhere else. I, I, I feel like it's probably 50-50. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but to my point, the natives are chill. Yeah. They're not up in your face. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, meet me, meet me. Say hello, hello. <laughs> and my theory is, is because when you were young, you saw it all. So Could be, yeah. You, you saw it all, including uh, celebrity, yeah. wealth. And all the things that us transplants come here to go see yeah. and be part of, but it's a red herring. Yeah. It's yeah. not what it's supposed to be. It's not what Hollywood has Mm-mm. taught us it is. No way. You guys have experienced it firsthand from a young age. Yeah. You probably grew up next to either kids of celebrities or kids that turned into celebrities. And you're like, well, that's still Maury. <laughs> Big whoop. You know? Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of wild. I, I can, I'll tell you, I, I've, I, I don't know if I could list all the celebrities that i've seen in my life but i will tell you i know i've seen a few um even just like riding down a motorcycle down the street if i remember right bruce willis years ago hey. like like little stuff like that but you know it's always it's always uh where you're at and did bruce say it's not a motorcycle it's a chopper baby <laughs> <laughs> okay so you grew up in van nuys yep uh how long did you live there for uh geez uh first 20 years of my life Probably even more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did I go? Then moved to Granada Hills. Then moved to did Pasadena. You? Hold yeah, on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Why did you move to Granada Hills? Uh, I moved to Granada Hills with a, a couple of buddies. We rented a house off of like Balboa at the top of Balboa. This was 94. So right, it, the earthquake happened when we were in that house. And, and it didn't quite wreck it, but it wrecked it enough that, you know, chimneys separated, windows broke. It was hard to live in for like a month. You were, so. you were right there. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was crazy then. So I was in Atwater Village at the time. Okay. And what I remember more clearly, because I was asleep when it happened, yeah. were the aftershocks that went on for days. Yeah. yeah. Did Granada Hills have a lot of those aftershocks? Yeah. So, so Granada Hills was the epicenter, right? Like it was just past Granada Hills, I think, like B Canyon-ish mm-hmm. up in that um, up in that way. And, uh, and, and it shook. I mean, it just, it felt like it was weeks. So even where I worked at the time, I worked at a GTE, the old phone company. Mm. 
Um, the place that I worked uh, was wrecked, but because where I worked, we were one of only a few places that did the work that we did. So we answered calls for, for repair. Um, they had to keep us open. And so for like maybe 18 months after the earthquake, we were working with no drop roof, right? So it was just straight to the rafters <laughs> and in hard hats. So, so no joke, we were in a call center having to wear hard hats in a place that had been wrecked by the earthquake, but we couldn't shut it down because it was only one of two in the state. In the whole state? Yeah. This was back when the PUC used to like really maintain uh, a lot of order with the public communications. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, there was like certain requirements that we had to work to. GTE, what a throwback. I know, right? So this was, <laughs> and but I think a good one because this was a time where you had options. Yeah. Yeah. For long distance or yeah. internet or things like that. I mean, yeah. internet had just started, but... Um, it was a good utility job. My mom actually loved that I had gotten a job there uh, because it meant stability, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, as, as irony goes, um, it, it ended up laying off half the workforce, right? So if, if my memory is correct, they went from like a 25,000 employee... Uh, base in the state to like 5,000. So, so they cut 20,000 jobs over the years just to, to be absorbed then by Verizon eventually. Oh, is that who got him was yeah. Verizon. So, so I do a lot of volunteer work with California Native Plant Society, Friends of the LA River, and just the Sepulveda Basin itself, and, uh -huh. and have been working there to do habitat restoration for three years now. Huh. And, and I sit on a committee of environmentalists in the Valley, the Sepulveda Basin Wildlife Reserve Steering Committee, uh, who tries to help uh, inform and, and educate city officials who will listen about things to do in the basin other groups are in there sierra clubs are part of it california native plant society that's when i sit with audubon's part of it uh resource conservation district there's a few others so so i'm aware of um by the way thank you for doing all those things oh pleasure. Um, it's fun <laughs> i'm aware of people doing these things in the river mm -hmm. because this is this resource that we kind of take for granted many of us take for granted yeah. you don't yeah but um and it's beautiful to see some of the progress that's being made there, including what I hear is going to be um, a bike path that goes all the way to the ocean. Yeah, eventually. So outside of the river, in the valley, where are some spots that you guys are, are trying to make for habitats again? For Man, so, so the, river, the river plays a key focus in L.A. in the sense that it runs from like Woodland Hills bull creek woodland hills all the way out to the sea um at some point yes they will put a bike path through it uh there are some pretty big um businesses if i'll say who who are kind of like you know poo-pooing giving up some land in order to get through it really yeah i won't name names but if you what? look at if you look at where the bike path runs past look for the more affluent areas that may look like they don't want to give up some turf in the in the valley we're in talking. the valley yeah so especially as it heads towards like oh, burbank 
Like, like not CBS Radford. No. Okay, it's, good. It's a school. A, a private school? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Public land. Y- yeah, public right away land, and and their land butts right up to it. I, I want to say it's a school. It might be Harvard Westlake, mm. but they have like a little section that I that from different meetings that I've been to. So so there's a whole thing. I don't know how closely you follow the valley, but there's like a there is a big ginormous plan, four point two billion dollar plan to um redo the Sepulveda Basin uh, into the the Central Park West. Really? Um, yeah, it's huge. The, so so it's tied up a little bit into LA 28, so so the LA Olympics. Mm-hmm. So Nuri Martinez, um, in part of her backdoor dealings with Kevin DeLeon and whoever the other guy was, yeah. they, there was talk that, and I, I, wanna, I can't remember who it was that had written up about it. I'll see if I can dig up the link and I'll send it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, there was talk that uh, there were backdoor dealings with the owner of the Rams to to sell parts and parcels of the park off for development. Um, that all got kiboshed when when that backroom recording came out. Good. Which, thank you for that backroom recording. the The consequence of that initial dealing, though, I think, was uh, because it was her council district. She was starving the Sepulveda Basin as a park from city resources. I don't have proof. I can't, you know, pull out documents or photographs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But what I can say is that um, in the time that I have been volunteering out there with restoring the habitat in the basin, in the wildlife reserve, um, the parks department itself has become more receptive and more available to us where, where they were, you know, there were, there were tacit agreements and they were nice before, but after her departure, after that controversy, they started being more present and and able to be out there. And my suspicion mm. is is that uh, there were um, that there 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 was just a, a push to keep the city services out of it. Like they wanted to starve it in order to turn it into a, a, a trash heap. Because the idea was that they were going to do development for the Olympics. They were supposed to have equestrian events. There shooting events even a river rafting event that was supposed to be there. And and this is all tied to the LA 28 stuff and mm-hmm. to this bigger vision plan with this $4.2 billion mm-hmm. to rehabilitate the whole thing. What neighborhoods is the Sepulveda Basin yeah. in? So, so the Sepulveda Basin is basically in the armpit of the 405 and the 101. I say okay. armpit in a tiny loving way. way. Yeah, in a total loving way. Uh, Sepulveda Basin is like the low point in the valley that floods every year. So when we get the big rains and you watch the news, they talk about the Sepulveda Basin closing. It's because it's the lowest spot in the valley that's basically built as a floodgate to keep the rest of LA from flooding. Right. So, <laughs> so, so it's, it's, but it's functional. It's functional. And it works. Yeah. It's also where the Tillman water reclamation plant is, which, uh-huh. uh, what, what neighborhood is that in? That's in Lake Balboa, Van Nuys. So, so okay. this is all west of the 405, just right. north of the 101 in the San Fernando Valley. Where there is already a giant, beautiful park. Yeah, well, this is all part of that park. What, so, what, what's that park called? So, so that park is part of the Sepulveda Basin as yeah. a whole. Um, you have Woodley Park, you have Lake Balboa, and then you have uh, Lake Balboa west which is sports and athletic fields and then that stretches all the way down to white oak where you have uh, a dog park so that's why there's a park there yeah because you really can't can't build build a house there because it's gonna flood yes that's it i never knew this yeah 
Yeah, and and that's why that dam is there. So that's exactly the reason why the dam's there. So so this is all part of the LA River, and and I may be speaking out of turn. This is probably better for friends. Well, of the you LA know what? River, then, but... hey, if if you don't like what he's saying, <laughs> send your email blog at gmail.com. You can sit on my couch too and, and tell Set us what he got straight. wrong. Right. Um, so so this is my understanding of it. Um, the LA River flowing out of Woodland Hills, it passes, it hooks up with a couple other creeks that become the LA River. The LA River uh, flows through uh, the Sepulveda Basin. Uh, in that space, though, you have the Tillman Water Reclamation Plant, which basically cleans the water from the toilets of the valley, um, which eventually we'll be drinking the way the way potable water goes. I'm drinking worse. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I hear they make beer out of it too. <laughs> Um, so, so the Tillman cleans the water and then because we can't drink it right now, uh, discharges it into the lakes in the Sepulveda Basin. So Lake Balboa and the wildlife, uh, the wildlife area, the wildlife reserve lake, it goes through like a three day cycle and then gets flushed out to the river and then it flows out to sea. So right now that's, that's our water cycle. And so the Sepulveda Basin has a few functions, uh, the army Corps of engineers, um, maintain the land because it's for the you know for the safety the general safety um, the city parks they maintain the parks around it but they don't maintain the wildlife area reserve area which is my bigger focus um, but the parks manages everything else around it and so the parks around it you know beautiful green spaces lots of open um, lots of open space it's great for families and kids birthday parties every weekend jump out I mean it's it's fantastic it's a beautiful space um that all functions so so the tillman floods into it and then the la river itself then flows out to sea following the path along the la river um so the groups that i volunteer with cmps we're concerned we we are concerned about the native plants in the wildlife reserve because it burned to the ground in 2020 there was a massive fire as i understand it it was to um someone lit the fire to hide a crime which was kind of sucky but it, it ended up burning like three fourths of the place to the ground. Like oh I got God. pictures of it at the time and it was a moonscape. Mm. Uh, and, and so that was around when I started getting involved with it. Cause I had grown some native plants and met up with them and was like, Hey, you guys want some plants? And they were like, yeah, we'll take them. But if you put them in here, you got to come back and water them. And it was sort of like the perfect hook. And so, you know, now I've been doing it and I volunteer almost every week. Good for you. Yeah, much to my wife's chagrin. What, what, but, how long have you guys been married? uh 20 years and she knows who you are yeah well this is a new thing so so this plant greg is a new <laughs> is a new person i'm not the person this i don't even know where this guy came from i can tell you where this guy came from but um yeah please tell me the back pages of high times <laughs> honestly that's why i have a green thumb really i always wanted to grow it oh, but wow. because i live in an apartment i'm, I'm afraid to yeah so you'll see you'll see normal plants in our courtyard yeah. here. This little guy and and other things. Uh, also, it's a connection to my mom. My mom loves to to garden. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but I really would love to grow weed one day. You should try it if you've got the seeds. It's actually you know, horticulture is is uh it's really scary before you get into it. But mm-hmm. once you kind of get into it, like even before I came over here today, I was separating out some seeds that I'd pulled and and try. I want to try to grow some yerba santa which is a, a plant that grows in the hills around here that would be great in the basin, but I don't want to buy them because I'm cheap. Yeah. Um, and, and so I want to try to see if I can grow it from seed. And so, uh-huh. so I'm trying to separate it out from, the, uh, from, from these flowers that, that I ethically sourced. Uh-huh. Um, 
And, uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a cool try. You should try it. A few months ago on eBay, I bought some wildflower flower seeds. Yeah. Because I read somewhere that when it rains in the winter, that's the perfect time to sprinkle out your wildflower seeds. Yep. And we have a bunch of dirt spatches in our courtyard here. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll do, I'll do it there. Let's see what happens. Because last year's, um, rains made for such beautiful hillscapes. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. with all those wildflowers. And, and I was like, I would love to have that here. Yeah. Is there a, instead of me buying these, these seeds, is there a way that I can get seeds like in a park? So, um, uh, the, the legal Greg will say, no, you can't go into places and take them. How do these guys get the, the seeds? illegal? Uh, so, so you can buy them. Theodore Payne. It's a, it's a nursery that grows, uh, it's, they sell, native plants uh up in sun valley so so you could you could get them from there you can buy them online they sell little poppy packs for like five bucks five six bucks our state flower yep i would love those here yeah it's uh wait a second those those turn into heroin though don't they no not this one good but are they still orangey and they're the the beautiful orange maybe they turn into heroin i don't think so though (laughs) they're the beautiful they're the beautiful orange uh flowers that you see everywhere it's a state flower that's what i want yeah Okay, let's talk now about Reseda. Yeah. How long have you lived there? Reseda, we've been there uh, almost as long as we were married, 20 years. Just How about. about that? Yeah. So hold on, this is uh, 2024 now. Yep. So just around 2004, 2005, we moved in there. Yeah. Where did you meet your bride? Uh, we worked together. We actually worked together at Verizon, which had become from GTE. Uh, we worked uh, doing uh, Yellow Page ads way back in the day. You know, I tell the kids about yellow pages in the backseat of my Uber, and they look at me like I'm crazy. I tried to explain Thomas Guide to my kids the other day, and they were like, "What?" We just pull it up on the phone. Yeah. So, was it love at first sight? Uh, yeah, I think so. I really think so. I, it, uh, you know, it's been a beautiful thing. So, do you remember where you took her on your first date? Gosh, uh, first date. Um. Our first date was probably just like a, a stroll through the neighborhood that that she lived in at the time. So it was just like a, a meetup, and not the weird meetups that happen these days. But yeah, yeah. It was what neighborhood? Uh, Claremont. At the time, she was way out in Claremont. Way out there. Yeah. Were you working out there? No, I was in the valley. So it was like so a long you... distance love affair. She just dropped in for a meeting or something. Uh, no, but you know the way those things happen at work. It's like you know a couple of a couple of group meetings, maybe a email newsletter or and something. You're like, and who's like, that sassy lassie? Pretty much. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That that is hard. So so like yeah. people in L.A. talk about how. We had to break up. She lived in Santa Monica. I lived in Hollywood. <laughs> this woman lived in Claremont. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was a, it was a, and so this was before the internet was around, but you didn't have the same sort of internet comms, right? So, so long distance phone charges for all you kids. They used to charge you for long distance. Right. Um, long distance phone charges were a thing, like $300 a month bills back in the, what? early 2000s and, and sometimes interstate yeah or is that intra i think that's intra, intra. so it was zones sometimes those zones. were more expensive than if you called her in yeah. hawaii yeah it's crazy so so somebody today 
bemoaning having to pay an internet charge right. has no idea what it used to be like. Like he yeah. used to get charged for like like data, right? Like data yeah. on a text or something or pagers. But like, even on those even on those calls to Claremont, you also didn't know until the bill showed up how much yeah. you're right. you're gonna get charged. Yeah. Which was not a fun envelope to, to open up. <laughs> no. Okay, so uh-uh. so you you hooked her. You said, "Baby, I'm moving you out of Claremont." Yeah, we're moving to the Val. Yeah, and you chose in. Uh, you chose. So we lived in we Valley seen... Village. So Valley oh, Village, did. which was kind of bougie then. Um, I imagine it's even more bougie now. Had a I had a great apartment, two bedroom apartment that was uh, eight hundred bucks a month in two thousand three. Yeah, two thousand two, two Two bedrooms, eight hundred bucks. Yeah. Did you have a pool? No pool. It was one of those neat horseshoe apartments. Yep. Courtyard in the front. Um, it was it was nice for the time. It was actually really nice. Uh huh. So and then and then we you know outgrew it. I had two kids from a previous marriage who mm-hmm. um we just needed more space and so yeah so we ended up in Reseda. Nice. It was sort of central to everywhere that we needed to go at the time. So she still worked out there. I worked in L.A. She then came to L.A. to work, and then we just sort of moved around like that. Reseda, I feel, is one of those places that gets very hot in the summer. Uh, it doesn't get as hot as other places in the valley, but it gets hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you could push 100, 105 pretty easy. Woodland Hills, if you start getting out in West Valley, the temps just are bananas. 115 mm-hmm. is like a peak. Um, but Reseda gets hot. Yeah. I mean, it's a valley. so it's... Right. Reseda is on um, the main drag there is... Uh, uh, Starts at Victory in White Oak, and then it goes uh, northwest. And so, I don't know how far west it goes. It probably goes to, like, Tampa, maybe past Tampa. And then north, probably Roscoe, maybe mm-hmm. past Roscoe, maybe all the way up. Yeah, maybe to the train tracks up there. I'm not sure how far north it goes. Like, 40,000 people. A few years ago, at, at some point in time, uh, I was looking at it, and it's like 40,000 people, I think, live in it. When when I was deciding to make this podcast, mm-hmm. the Valley was the main reason. Really? Because I felt like, well, first of all, I did a little research, and there's as many people in the Valley as there is in San Diego. Yeah. And it's as, it's as large an area as Chicago. Yeah, it's crazy. And yet, no love. <laughs> right? The LA Times never writes about it unless somebody blows something up. And the Daily News is hanging in there, but by the skin of their teeth. You know, I mean, the thing with the Valley, I think, is that so so probably the last 50 years, it's been a bedroom community, what Mm -hmm. they call a bedroom community. So everybody that lives in the Valley works in LA. Mm -hmm. Um, It had the probably not misnomer of the San Fernando Valley. So back when they used to make <laughs> porn, that was where they made it because right. I guess no one would mess with them and it was uh, cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's been a sleepy place, but I mean, it's, it's the Valley. So, so there's mm-hmm. not a lot of industry. The biggest place now to work, I think um, is probably Budweiser, which mm-hmm. has still has their big plant there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, and that's Van Nuys, right? Yes, I believe that's part of Van Nuys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, near right near Van Nuys Airport. That's all still in that area. Um, Which is also strange that Budweiser would be would be the number one employer because yeah, right. So we, I don't, we don't think about 
where we get our cans of Bud Light. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh-uh. uh. I, I don't know if it's a number one. You know, especially with automation and stuff, I kind of wonder like what yeah. it's what it's Well, let me ask you this, because this is what somebody said to me. Who cares about the valley? What would you even put on a postcard of the valley? <laughs> Gene Autry waving. <laughs> but yeah. would the kids even know who he is? Yeah, well no, now, no. So so I guess so all the celebs are moving out to the West Valley, mm-hmm. right? Which is still part of the valley, even if they don't want to call it the West Valley. So Woodland Hills uh, Calabasas, which mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure they would want to say they're not part of the valley, but really, that's where, where the do valley. they where do they say they are then? Uh, their own thing. Their own thing. You don't I get think. to be your own thing. I don't think so. I I have a sneaky suspicion that uh, Woodland Hills is going to look to sp- separate from the valley and either join with them or become like Burbank in their own city. Like there there is so much money that's flowing into Woodland True. Hills right now. True. Um, so so like the Rams bought a, a like a big big structure right they're gonna mm-hmm. put it right smack dab in woodland hills what is that warner center they bought yeah yep mm-hmm. they bought that big area in warner center with the high rise there um and then and then your your man uh, caruso he's investing big he's time redoing the calabasas yeah so 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 this is what kind of and this goes back you know this is like the tinfoil hat greg from a long time <laughs> ago um the the there was a uh a thing that used to happen at Pierce College. So every year there was like a, a they would do like a it was a haunted thing that they did like a like a, a corn maze, and and Pierce College and and their um, leadership uh, forced it out. So so I say forced it out because it, you know at the time like talking to them and hearing about what was happening, it was like yeah they're they're just not renewing our contracts or they want us gone. And, and then they built, in that same time, they built this crazy equestrian center that had no functional use. Like, like there were some horses in there. The school was teaching some equestrian stuff, but it was like this super grandiose equestrian center that was sort of like a, what the fuck? Like, yeah. why does the West Valley need this? And, and so it was all that pushing. But I think where they got hung up was that there were certain prohibitions in that part of the valley or in that part of LA that said that they couldn't develop that land. And so, mm-hmm. so they pushed out that, that vendor there and the land has sat fallow for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. So a decade. And so it's like a giant dust bowl now it grows weeds. They mow it. And at Pierce it. college at Pierce college. So this is like the westmost fields at Pierce college. They actually have a pretty cool, uh, swap meet that happens at Pierce college, like mm-hmm. fourth Saturday of the month, mm-hmm. not to hype them, but, <laughs> Um, I had to call him out once. There was some guy selling Nazi shit in it. And oh boy! Yeah, it's like I strongly worded email, uh, right, dear sirs, you know. But but um, I remember Pierce College going back to the Northridge quake. Yeah, as being the place that people could put their animals. Yeah, yeah. Um, because nobody trusted their homes anymore. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were were sleeping in the park if yep. they couldn't go to grandma's house somewhere else. Yeah. Um. But where do you put the animals? Yeah. And so some people who did have horses yep. out in the Val were allowed to to board them there. I'm mm-hmm. I am sure that there there are some groups and and you know I don't want anybody to anybody mad. I'm sure that there oh, is some functional use that they can mad. <laughs> it's my well, college. I mean I mean I feel like so so there's probably some people that use it right and there's some yeah. equestrian stuff there. So there's probably some functions for it. 
but it just it stands out as such an anomalous thing in in that part of the valley so to the bigger point though so all these little machinations are happening where they're building this stuff and you know the old rockadine so the old rockadine is basically a big flat space now Mm -hmm. because i think they were going to build condos there and then when the market took a shit that they stopped Mm -hmm. i also think the ground was more polluted than what they let on to be sure um you know, because they have that super fun, not a super fun site, but they have that old nuke accident site up mm-hmm. in, in, in the West Hills. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you know about that. That's a whole nother thing. Tell us. So, so like in the fifties, um, when they were testing the rockets and, and I may be getting the locations wrong, but, but so they were testing rockets to get us into space. Uh, and there was a nuclear reactor up there and the thing scrambled and it melted down. And so there's like this huge spot in the West Valley, uh, that's fenced off. You can't go into what, what it. neighborhood approximately are we talking? Woodland Hills, uh, between Woodland Hills and Chatsworth. Okay. And going West. Mm-hmm. So, so as you get into like the Santa Susana Hills, it's a spot up in there and I'm sure someone will remember it. And if I, maybe I could take a minute to look it up, but no, we, um, do, we don't allow notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, 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 so let Woodland Hills be their own city. They can clean yeah. that up. Yeah. Or not clean it up. Or, I mean, it sounds to me that these are the types of people who just build on top of it. Probably concrete over it and just call it. It's the day. hippies yeah. like you who would say, no, dude, you got to do it right. <laughs> and they're like, how dare yeah, you? Yeah, I, I, you know, it's like, in some ways, I kind of feel like I don't have a dog in the fight. It's not my space, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't live there. You know, are there cancer clusters? Are there not cancer clusters? Yeah. Who knows? Um, but it, it's an unresolved thing from the fifties that, that still sort of has a legacy in the space right. that, you know, you can't go into it. Like they only open the space once a month for nature walks and stuff. So, mm. it's, so you, it's not like people can go frolic and play in the parks there. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like still dangerous. Like even the signs, if memory serve, like it says on the signs, don't walk around your house with your shoes afterward. Wow. Like, like that kind of polluted still. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. So definitely don't walk barefoot. Oh, I wouldn't know. Because they say we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to walk barefoot yeah. on grass as much as we can. I'm all for touching grass and plants and, and being out in nature. Yeah, walking around on grass, I don't you, know. You it hurts don't? my feet. It hurts, it hurts my feet. Yeah. I thought you were worried about dog pee. Well, I mean, there's that. <laughs> this is very interesting that, that Calabasas and Woodland Hills may become a city or become two cities. I would like them to be a city. It, because... Because... LA is just so damn big. Yeah. Yes, in, in the bigger picture, it would be nice to have their tax dollars come in so that we can yeah. put those into neighborhoods that need it. But it, we are so big yeah. that I think it's almost unfair for those of us who are, I'll, I'll say, more progressive yeah. than those people to, to force our beliefs down their throats. They're, they somehow they have been successful with money and they have their money and they have their life yeah. and they've decided to leave Hollywood and Beverly Hills and move way the hell up there. Yeah. Fine. And um, why shouldn't they have nothing but private schools? <laughs> right. Or, or whatever it is that they, they think that LA is not going to provide them. Yeah. Maybe they should have their own police force over there. You know? Yeah. Um, I think, I think you, so, so, you know, we'll be fine. I, I won't lie. At some point I was of the mind that the Valley should probably even look at succession and, and it took, 
it took a little um, schooling for me to understand sort of the history of that and the and the the nastiness around that, right? Like, and and you know the not the gentrification, but like the 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 lack of equity with other people and and just you know the racism behind that. And so this that still that that tinge I think still sits on it. So if yeah. they were to separate, you, you know what I mean, because they're doing it for those reasons to save their tax dollars, to be able to do what they want, hire the police force that they want, to not put back into the bigger city. So so like I'm of the mind now where yeah, Valley shouldn't secede. It it, it would be horrible for the rest of the city and for others who, you who think maybe. So? I, yeah, I mean, and probably for reasons that I'm terribly quoting at this point, but I, I feel like it would be uh, um, disequitable for other people if we were to do that. Uh, Burbank is its own Burbank city, and Glendale. Is, yeah. Which... which- do you consider that the valley? I mean, technically it is. Part of it is. I'm asking Mayor. Uh, <laughs> um, Mayor. Mayor Greg, yeah. I So so geologically, if you were to look at it where it's situated, yeah, it's part of the valley. But so so Burbank, yes. Glendale, no. Glendale kind of gets uh-huh. that, that, that split because it's it's just past Griffith and, and going further east. So what would you call Glendale? Glendale is kind of that weird... Uh, it's like a taint, isn't it? Island, <laughs> the crotch of the valley. Before you, before you get to San Gabriel, but isn't that that's like same with like Atwater and and like uh, Mount too. Washington, like that whole area. What in do there, you do with those? Which things? is really cool. You ever get up in there? I used to live in Atwater. Did you? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. Atwater. We've done uh, I think eight episodes over there. Oh, right on. I lived in Highland Park once. It love was, Highland I Park. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. I mean, it, it, it's it's. No geography is perfect. Yeah. You don't have just a square. Maybe Kansas, they can, they can say, okay, fine. But I bet you they don't even do that. Yeah. There's probably mm-hmm. reasons, rivers and all yeah. these other things. And so I've always considered Glendale and Burbank the valley. Part of the valley, yeah. But yeah. then I talked to natives who talked me out of it. I mean, so Burbank is its own special thing. Um, Glendale, too, is its own special thing. You know, it's funny. Years ago... Um, I was on a kick to try to go and look at all the old cemeteries in LA. So really so nephew and I, we went to a bunch of places. We even went to like the, the LDS temple in LA. They have like a tourist place there. We went to the Scientology place. That's off a of sunset. I mean, we, we did all this Wait, crazy stuff. They have a cemetery. Uh, no, they don't have a cemetery, but we were doing all these like sacred space kind of oh, okay. like sacred space spots in L.A. OK, so so one of them, I mentioned it because there was a cemetery that we went to in East L.A. And in this cemetery in East L.A. were all these I couldn't tell you the cemetery. I don't know which one it is, but it's a big one out there. Um, but it had headstones and tombs of all these cats that named streets after themselves in the valley. So, so it had like this, this monument for, I want to say it was for Van Nuys mm-hmm. and for Lancashire. I don't know if I'm remembering accurately. This is like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but so all these guys who had these plots in East LA 
were the ones that all these things were named after in the valley. So the valley, if you look back at how it was all situated, were like these little tiny bergs that grew out of these cornfields over time that became the the mega city that it is now. So so you know where the mega city starts and stops now. I mean, even like Calabasas. Calabasas is probably still technically the valley until you start getting in the hills where there are no more you know homes and stuff. Um, but it's still this funky ribbon that still stretches up to Thousand Oaks. And then Thousand Oaks probably where like L.A. itself sort of taps out. Yeah. You know, for sure. And then it's Ventura and then that's a whole nother so, thing. So where do you stay in Anagura? Uh, I say no. I say it's too far. It's kind of far. Let Agoura... It's really nice. You know, Agoura used to just be hills. I went to the Renaissance Fair when I was a kid. <laughs> And there was nothing out there. Right. Right? Like oak trees. But all of that's like all been decimated. It's all been bulldozed in their apartments now. So. <laughs> so, so Agura, no. Uh, Calabasas, yes. I would say so. They would probably disagree, but I think Calabasas is still part of the valley. Okay. So let's return back to our postcard yeah, problem. Yeah. I kept thinking about that one. Let's, let's go down to three postcards. Because six might okay. be a stretch. Okay. Three postcards of Reseda. So definitely Sherman Way and Reseda Boulevard. It's changed what, over what's, the years. What's at that corner? Uh, that That's like the downtown of what Reseda used to be. It still is the downtown. It's still the crossroads of the valley. But it's uh, it's where the old country club used to be. So where the, the bands way back in the day would play. It was right down the street. Oh, the Reseda Country Club. Yeah. The, I, I thought you meant a golf course. Oh, no, 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 no. We're no, talking no. heavy metal era. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Punk rock, heavy metal. Uh, it's church now. It's a, it it's is? It's a Hispanic evangelical church now. Did you ever go to any shows over there? I didn't. I missed Me it. Me neither. I missed it. Totally Were you into that it. kind of music? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it weird we never went there? Did you ever go to the Palomino Club? Uh, no, but I remember the Palomino. I remember when it closed recently, I was even thinking, it's like, I should go there. I think I did go once when it was heavy metal, maybe uh-huh. 30 years ago. I saw the replacements there. Did you really? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That was, but that was the only time I ever went Yeah. because I was, I was a little intimidated by the Valley, Yeah. a little intimidated by a country club, uh, yeah. a country music place. Yeah. Um, even though they played lots of music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the country club just seemed so far. It's far from LA. It's way far. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's like so so Reseda so Okay, so so I'll put that on there because it is historic. Yeah. It is oh, yeah. the center. It's it's interesting because I bet you most people outside of the valley wouldn't know what this is mm-hmm. if I showed them that postcard. Nope. So so Reseda is a is a neat sort of microcosm of city government trying to do stuff and just getting their nuts cut off. <laughs> they, the, when, when the neighborhood councils were like a thing, they were like really going gangbusters to get the place uh, revitalized. Like, you know, they were really putting in the work. And, uh, and I think it was when the city like clawed back their money and were like, eh, we're not going to pay attention to you neighborhood council districts. Mm-hmm. You still exist. And yeah, fine. We'll recognize you, but you know, you don't have any real power or money anymore. Um, they have troubles. I want, I want to say maybe they'll argue otherwise, but they have trouble getting full seats, full committees. Um, a lot of the work that they started, uh, has sort of, it lingers, but it just hasn't like manifested. So one of the big things that they wanted to do there is they're trying to save this old movie theater in Reseda. Hmm. Um, nice idea. Quaint. 
but I mean, the time that I've lived there, it's had boards over it and nothing's happened to it. And I keep seeing like mentions in the neighborhood council where they're, you know, not happy with the developer who's building condos behind it. Now mm. he's not going to do his, like, like, like I get wanting to save it, but let's just, let's just tear the thing down. Uh, what, a, do you a, know what it was called? I want to say it was the, it's the Reseda theater. And where, where's it at? Uh, it's on Sherman way, like one spot, one, one building off from Reseda Boulevard. Mm -hmm. So is there a big shopping area in Reseda or do people go, uh, to Woodland Hills? So there's no big retail shopping. Uh, there's a lot of sort of storefront shopping. So anything along Sherman way and Reseda is storefront. There used to be a lot of really cool stores. There are still some, but a lot of what's springing up are either like evangelical places that are moving into uh, churches that are moving into like, you know, storefronts because the storefronts are empty. Mm. There was a really cool art store that was out there that closed up. Even the Pet Boys, I think, closed over there. Isn't that weird? The Pet Boys were closing? Yeah. It's, we need, we, we're a car city. Yeah. I was kind of surprised. I, I guess they still do work in there. So you can take your car in to get service, but they don't have like a retail component. So, so maybe strange. they were avoiding bankruptcy or something. Yeah. I don't how know. Do you, how do you not, how do you not make a, a fortune in LA with auto parts? I, I don't know. Maybe it's just not LA. Maybe it's just the bigger, the bigger landscape for them. AutoZone's still around, but so there's no, there's no like retail to speak of. Um, whereas like Van Nuys and Panorama City have got a mall, mm -hmm. um, Reseda itself. It I love that Van Nuys Panorama, that that Walmart mall up in there. Yeah, really. I, I haven't been it. up there in years. I remember when that was like a regular mall. Like you could just go there as like a you know, Orange Julius kind of place and and just it, walk it's, a mall. It's still a little bit like that. Is it really? I haven't been up there in years. Oh, you should go. It's it, well, okay. So the mall itself, I think every every store in there is full. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but around it and on that street, yeah. it looks like World War III. It's definitely seen better days. It's definitely but, seen But in the back area, so like where the Montgomery Ward used to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, abandoned. Yeah. Um, but... Because this is L.A., yeah, the best tamales are on that abandoned. Oh, street. no kidding! <laughs> <laughs> like like uh, Latino people with tents and little tr uh, tables, yeah, yeah have yeah, set up shops. Yeah, right on, right on. I, you know, that's so so that part of the valley. So there's a Kaiser up that way too mm -hmm. that, that um, used to do pretty good business. I, I've gone to. Um, that's like so so as you talk about transport that's way up in the valley that it unless is. you live up there or do something there's no other reason that you would go over there per right. se like there's no venues yeah um i mean I'm, you know family and friends obviously but mm -hmm. like i can't think like up that way like but, but but that's why i'm okay with um subways and light rail yeah going through bel air get rid of some of that congestion around the 405 yeah. 101 oh yeah be because we'll be okay in Van Nuys. Yeah, I think so. As long as we can get to Van Nuys. Yeah. And so I say start where your major problems are and then eventually branch out. Yeah. You know, because if you... So let's say um, in Sherman Oaks, you have your major subway station yep. that, that can either go to the red line or can go under the, the mountain to UCLA. Yeah. 
once that's established, then you can branch out from that. Yeah. That air that even if you skip the affluent areas that don't want the train stations in there, just skip down a little bit and and go to Olympic and then outpour at Olympic or something. Yeah. Or Wilshire. Yeah. We don't have to have a Bel Air stop. If they don't want it, we I don't, don't think they want one. <laughs> but fine. Yeah. So from the valley to UCLA in one stop? That would be great. That's what we want anyways, yeah. right? Yeah, that would be great. Could you imagine how much traffic that would take off the freeway? Oh. And and what these people refuse to realize because they are just in their bubble about them, them, them. Yeah. All these students who are now paying way more than what we had to pay to go to college yeah. don't have to live in Westwood. Oh. Gosh. Imagine they could live in Van Nuys. Because yeah. if I'm a student, I can't afford Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. But I bet you I could afford Van Nuys. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's, and that's when you get your clubs all of a sudden. Because oh. if I know I've got 10,000 young people in Van Nuys. Yeah. And I've got a bend in Montgomery Wards. Yeah. Ooh. Suddenly I have the Van Nuys Country Club. Yeah. Greg, you are a Freemason. I am. Have you seen the Simpsons episode where Homer becomes a Freemason? I have. How accurate? Uh, what percentage of that is accurate? First of all, do you guys all sing? <laughs> uh, I mean, from 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 a tinfoil hat perspective, uh, <laughs> all of it was all of it was legit. <laughs> From 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 my stance now, uh, none of it. It was. I mean, it's a fun tongue in cheek take on on you know what we think secret societies are. Yeah. You know what's funny is is um so so ten years ago, secret societies, Freemasons would have been the boogeyman. Now it can't hold a, a candle to any of the crazy shit that's happening in this country. So now this is like. It's like a, it's like a civil war reenactment society now. It's like, oh, how quaint, right? <laughs> is is Freemasonry a secret society? So, Do you consider so the that? running joke would be is that uh, it's not a secret society. It was a society with secrets. Okay. So, so secret society implies that it's up to some weird nefarious shit, maybe because it's secret. Mm. Um, really it's, it was a, it was a private club that, um, really was, um, it really gate gate kept its membership. So, so it was a private club that you had to ask to belong to, you mm-hmm. pay dues for. So just like a country club or like the Jonathan club or the, the odd fellows or, uh, geez, I want to say like the Elks, right? Like, like you know, you had to join. So, it was, which, it's which a is join. mostly mostly dudes, right? Yes. So, with Freemasonry in particular, Freemasonry was an all male post collegiate fraternity, mm. um, which is a fancy way of pigeonholing it from, gosh, probably from fifty years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, even before that, yeah. So, so all the all the well healed guys in a town would have probably been Freemasons. So, so the place in particular that we were talking about before we started recording is the old Scottish Rite Temple on Wilshire. This giant monstrosity of like an office building that's not an office building. And at one point in time, was like the crown jewel of L.A. Uh, as like masonic temples went because it was huge and it's got all these really cool statues out front if you go inside it's even cooler they got really nice stained glass uh and the space is ginormous you could 
fill it with bands. The original purpose. Should we be suspicious of the original purpose of of any of these? Suspicious? No, I would bet you a dollar there are probably more people that you know who were either members of it or part of it or or just had some ancillary connection, right? So between people that you knew now, people that you knew 20 years ago, people that were friends of your family, at its height, Freemasonry, I hate that I remember all these facts, at its height, Freemasonry, like circa 1960, um, 4% of the population were Freemasons. So, so like... Four million people. I guess so. the root of my question is if if these are men mm-hmm. um, after college with, with a few bucks, these aren't poor people, right? Uh, I don't know if I would go that far, but it definitely took an investment of some kind, yeah. Right, the dues. Dues, yeah. Um, they either want to get around City Hall Red Tape to do things that they want to do. Or they want to be in cahoots with other businesses to maybe adjust prices yeah. behind closed doors. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I'm not, I'm not saying like truly nefarious things. Yeah. But bread but and if, butter. If, but if you and I owned <laughs> rival hardware stores, yeah. but you're my my Mason brother. Yeah. Then we'd be like, okay, nails are going up next month. Cool with uh, you? You know, so so I would imagine that, that that conversation could happen and probably has happened. But but again, no differently than it would at the Elks Lodge mm-hmm. or at the So so my second suspicion is these are just lonely guys that want to get out of the house. Yeah, that's it. And they're not bowlers. No. Nope. They're not hunters. No. Nope. And so I'll you can probably drink at these places, so, right? No. So, so the difference in Freemasonry is that, um, unlike the Elks or the Eagles or, or the American Legion, um, Freemasonry had a, a, a basis with some, um, religiosity behind it. So, mm. so not religiosity, but, but there was an aspect to it that, um, situated itself or comported itself as, uh, in order to be a member, you had to espouse a belief in God. And it didn't. It didn't dictate it, though. You could. You could argue some lodges would actually. Some places. Some states would lean more towards a Judeo-Christian God. You know, if you walked in as a Muslim, they might kind of like. Put their How about nose a Jew? Up. But no. So that's Judeo-Christian. So that would be okay. Oh, okay. So that's but if, cool. But a Muslim, maybe not. Or if a Buddhist, maybe not. Um, you know, it, it depended upon which lodge and where. And and Why I'm would sure. Why you kick a Buddhist out? They're the best. I don't. Well, so so I'm not saying all of them everywhere. Actually, I the last time I was really even involved, one of the fellows was there in his Buddhist robes. So hey. so so there were Buddhists there. So another one that that uh, was was prohibited uh, were Catholics. So Catholics, because the Catholic Church said that Freemasonry was wrong. They so, did? Yeah, yeah. So so there was a prohibition. There's been a few things that have been Hold written. On. What, what did the Pope not like about the Freemasons? Uh, so the Pope's thinking, if I remember correctly, uh, and the, it's an encyclical called hum, Human Genus, uh-huh. um, essentially said that Freemasonry was religion. And and I, I could argue that it probably is based on the definition of religion. It's not a faith, but, but there are religious aspects of it. Yeah. So, so the, the Pope was like, this is a competition. I don't want it. Oh, you can't serve the, two gods. The kind ration, of thing? Yeah. I think that was sort of the rationale behind mm. it, but this again was probably a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. So since then, um, the 
I think the Catholic church has sort of taken a lighter stance, but you know, this is probably more germane now. So, so Freemasonry as an org, not that they're so, so Hamas and all the stuff that's happening in the middle East right now with Mm -hmm. Israel and Palestine and Gaza. Mm -hmm. Um, Hamas is an organization that frowned on Freemasonry. So, so they went a whole (laughs) different crazy track with the protocols of the elders of Zion and this and that, but they lumped Freemasonry into that same sort of like, you know, we hate them, kill them too. Crazy. Everybody's against. Yeah. Everybody hates them. Right. Okay. So how long, uh, was the era because it sounds like you don't go anymore yeah i am not active uh have not been active for, oh, uh, for well so so and we know this because you're not paying dues well i i i'm paid up at least through last year i gotta pay this year's but but so so i think so my leaning i leaned into them heavily for probably the last 20 years okay. I, i've actually i didn't tell you this before receipt is what what uh, uh revolutionized you what do they call it <laughs> radicalized what radicalized you? <laughs> uh no no I, I you know i just i feel like i my own personal take with it has grown so so in the time that i was a freemason uh hosted a podcast masonic central if anybody wants you to try did to find it. yep a website i've written four books on the topic um and i know you so- seem so hesitant to talk about it <laughs> You're more of an expert of, of this than you are of Reseda. I, I probably am. But I, I don't know if I'm the best person to talk to. About well, today that. you are. Today I am. Today today I'm the guy in the hot seat. So so anyways, so yeah, so so Freemasonry itself, the Four reason books. why I feel like I have evolved past of what I looked at it, because I leaned into the idea of it being a religion. Well, as mm. a religion, it was more than just like, you know, a Judeo-Christian go to church kind of religion. So, so underlying Freemasonry in my sense is this other idea of, uh, hermeticism. I don't know if you've heard of hermeticism. Um, you know, the whole as above, so below stuff, it's, it's all sort of nestled in there together. Um, really, which, and this is going to sound real blase, but, but really nestled into this idea of the golden rule. So, so the mm. do unto others as you do unto yourself, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that, that's really at its core. And, and so, um, you know, is this why you had a problem with the motorhomes? People uh, sleep in there. Cause that could have been you. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Kind I of. had, I had a tent right out here just yeah. two days ago and I didn't know what to think. Yeah. Cause I'm a Christian. Yeah. It's like, you it's don't Christmas know yeah. still kind right. of. Right. And I'm like, I don't want that there right. at all. Right. That makes me a dick, right? It it, it definitely uh, it it causes a moral dilemma with it. Like, even should you go out there and offer him food? Should I invite right. them into my home? Like, I feel like I should probably should if I'm really doing this ethical thing. Upstairs in his abandoned apartment. Oh wow! Should I tell them? Right. Yeah. What would the Masons say? Oh man, that's so so the um. So the golden rule would, would apply. So you'd want to do unto others. Um, you would want to follow the civil law. So the civil law still plays a big part. So right, whatever fine. the civil law dictates. So they can't go upstairs. Probably can't go upstairs. <laughs> um, but, you know, but it, again, it follows the, the Christian, Judeo-Christian ethos. So, you know, really at the end of the day, what would Jesus do? Right. Fuck. Right. So the, so so we're back to square one. I'm going to hell, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I like this idea that it's a religion. Mm-hmm. 
I liked it too. You asked most of them and they would instantly tell you that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a fear. I feel like within, within the halls of Freemasonry, um, there's a fear that it becomes like this competitive thing to religion. And, and then it, it sets itself apart as something weird. And then it starts spiraling in all these weird places, but it is weird. Well, it is weird, but they don't want to be weird. It's a very buttoned up business suit. Almost. Um, it's not, it's, it's probably like a 85, 15 white collar, blue collar. So more professional, less blue collar hands on every day. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, so, so as organizations go, it, it is so just like the Boy Scouts, just like churches, it's 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 not what it used to be. So where it nice. used to be a huge thing. So in particular, we're talking about the Temple on Wilshire. Um, the Temple on Wilshire used to be the crown jewel for Freemasonry. For actually, not just for Freemasonry, for what's called Scottish Rite Freemasonry, which is one of three actually one of four tiers within Freemasonry. So Freemasonry, York Rite, Scottish Rite, Shrine. Um, Scott, yeah, it, it's, it's, there's a whole structure. There's actually like 12 or 15 different. The USC Shrine Auditorium? Is uh, that a Freemasons? Pro- yeah. Oh yeah. The Shrine Hall. Yeah. Shrine Auditorium. Yeah. I want to say it's like, is it Medina Shrine? Yeah. And I want to say well, that it still the, functions. There, there's the guy with the Fez. The dudes with the Rez Fez. Did you have a Fez? I did not. So I never became a Shriner. Never wanted to become a Shriner. Shriners so, are? Freemasons. Yeah. So Shriners Hospital is 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 a leg of Freemasonry. So in order where, where, to be a where Shriner. Is that, where's that hospital? What's that? Is that in Pasadena? Uh, which one? Shriners Hospital. Oh, uh, I want to say it's in L.A. There's a Shriners Hospital in L.A. Maybe there's a Pasadena. Honestly, we're both, I don't know. We're both spacing out. Fine, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Somewhere. The Shriners Hospital. Do better, hospital. Shriners Hospital. <laughs> there, there are several Shriners Hospitals around the nation. So, okay. But in order to be a Shriner, you have to be a Freemason. So so mm. in order to get the red hat, you've got to go and get the white apron. Oh, so you had an apron. Yep. And so Scottish Rite was another group. Scottish Rite had other funny hats. Um, <laughs> There's nothing better than a fez, though, oh, is man. there? Funny hats are great. They used to call them the funny hat club. The, and how about the little cars that they would ride in? That, so that was a club within Shriners. So Shriners, one of the things with Shriners is that they would do a lot of charity for children, which mm. phenomenal God thing to them, do. Right? Yep. So they would even drive around the little red cars. So so this one will be fun for you. So the Dead Kennedys yeah. the album cover with the guys in the red hats and the little cars. Do you remember when that was called? Uh, God, I just watched a video on the Dead Kennedys the other day. I don't remember what it's called. I don't either. Maybe that was their first album. It not that it wasn't their first. It was Damn a later it. one. Frank it was it was a Frankenchrist. It wasn't. Maybe it was Frankenchrist. It had the Frankenchrist poster in it. See, we're too young. I know. <laughs> Isn't just, that nice to know? Because <laughs> it did either, come. Bef- it did come before or, us. Either that, or we're too old, and the and the dimensions no, 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 already no, no, hitting. No. <laughs> because because that's like 1980. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was it was it definitely was before. We shouldn't have been listening to Dead Kennedys at nineteen eighty. Oh, no. I, I. Still, I actually have the album with the poster in it. A well, because we're grown ups now. Yeah. But no, but I had it. it from back then. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Anyway, so so those are Shriners on that cover. Um, right. And and so it's it was a big organization in, in the height of, of Americana, it was it was influential. So yeah. so even if you look back politically, uh one of the early 
uh, political parties was the anti-Masonic party, which actually came up because of something that happened with Freemasons that society got really pissed off at Freemasons. They thought Masons killed a guy who was trying to expose them. And so this anti-Masonic party sprung up and probably lasted for about 50 years until near the civil war. And then everybody forgot about it and they regained their numbers. But at the time the organization was almost decimated because it was like totally, totally corrupt to be a Freemason, like in early 1800s. Yeah. Huh. But, but prior to that, Franklin was a Freemason. George which, Washington which was Franklin? a Freemason. Ben Franklin. He was? Mm-hmm. I'm in. Yep. It, Who doesn't cool, love Ben right? Franklin? Right. Right. I know. These are, think of, think of all the. Ben Franklin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Grandmaster of uh, Massachusetts, I think. Grandmaster, I'm not crazy about that. That well, that's just it's just their title, right? So, so they're they're <laughs> they're big on their titles. Even like within a lodge, it's a worshipful master. But, but it's worshipful, yeah. worshipful. Yeah. It's what was your title? Oh, I was just a brother. Okay, brother. brother. Maybe, so, but but you know, but you don't have to be a mason. You're a brother too, right? We're all brothers. That's the, that's yeah. The but I, thing. I I wouldn't mind a fancy name. Well, you know, dues Goofy aren't that much, and I could hook you up. How much are dues? <laughs> Nowadays, uh, I want to say they are uh, south of 150 a year. Oh. So it's cheaper than a gym membership. But, <laughs> but you know, so, so but that's, that's the challenge is like, you know, what do you get for that 150? Like, you're basically paying dues to go to meetings and, and you know, do stuff. Um, and, and so that's the challenge that they've had is to try to be relevant. What's the, the funnest thing that you did when you were doing stuff oh, as a Mason? So Scottish Rite does some pretty cool stuff. Um, they put on plays, but it's for members. So it's not like a, a external thing. There, there's some theatrics involved with that. Um, the Shriners, they used to do some pretty big events, but I, I don't think that I'm they... saying, what did you do? Right, well, all of these are things that I did. So you, I, you I were acted in, the play? in some plays with Scottish Rite. Nice. Um, I did a lot of uh, marketing stuff for for the they call it the Blue Lodge, so the regular Freemasonry stuff. Uh, I wrote for it for 10, 12 years. Freemasoninformation.com. Check it out. Is there um, something that the Masons have done or are doing that's overlooked that we should be paying attention to? Because it's great. Wow. Um, so so the, the volume of charity that they do is probably uh, hard to hold a candle to. Um, obviously, Shrine Hospital, we talked about. Scottish Rite, they have something with uh, children also that has to do with like hearing and speech, speech mm. therapy. Um, there are Shriners hospitals across the country. The 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 regular blue lodge regular masonry so the way it's organized is that there are a bunch of smaller lodges within a city right so so or within a state let's say at the state level you have a grand lodge and then a bunch of sub lodges in each and every town each one of those lodges has a degree of some sort of their own sort of charities that are mm-hmm. involved with so just like a church they might do a food drive mm-hmm. they might host uh places for people to to vote you know stuff like that mm-hmm. and then so those feelers over here uh-huh. I think has one next to the House of Pies. Uh, probably. I know there's another one that's up off of La Cienega, Ionic Lodge. I, I know some people that were there. So in, I guess I'm trying to get to the, the basis of this meeting mm-hmm. because I want to drink, but it sounds like you can't drink. 
So you can't drink. Meeting. So 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 temperance is absolute is actually temperance. Temperance. So does that mean none or just some? Uh that's a good question. I, so 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 I mean, let's be honest. Everybody everybody's adults. Everybody's going to drink when they want to drink. So so in just meeting, not in the temple. Just not in the in the lodge meetings itself. And and for the most part, it's pretty dry. So some of the other organizations, though maybe a little bit more relaxed. There's actually some sub organizations for Shriners, which have done some pretty nefariously bad shit. Oh, that, um, years ago, if you Google it, you'll find stuff. I don't want to get into that. Cause that's a whole thing. Okay. But, um, make us do homework. Yeah. Do some homework. Just, okay. So, so what I'm trying to get to is at the meeting, mm-hmm. it sounds like, let's say half of the meeting is okay. What kind of good shit are we going to do for the kids? Like yeah, what kind so, of charity work are we doing? John over there is doing this. Billy's yeah. doing that. That kind of stuff. So, so kind of, but not quite. So, so I don't know if, if, have you ever been involved with like church committees? No. So, so <laughs> have you ever been involved in any committees? Yes. So I was in the LA press club. Okay. So, so, so I would imagine most of the meetings, the monthly meeting probably functions similar to the way that the business meeting happened at the press club. Are we going to pay our rent? How much does our tablecloths cost? Yes. Who are we going to cater for? Really? You know, the new members are going to be the ones cooking the food and washing the dishes. Uh-huh. Maybe we'll organize like a speaker to come in every so often. That's essentially how the meetings function. So where where the magic happens is, is one, what the individuals are doing within the community. So that's a big thing, right? Mm. So if you're, if you're an individual, uh, and this was my take to it, if, if you were an individual of the community in a Mason, um, you were doing good shit in your community, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't need to be a Mason to do that, mm-hmm. but that the the being the Freemason or being a Freemason would um, perpetuate you in wanting to uphold the name and doing good work. Same thing if like you know if I'm a member of a big church, like mm-hmm. I'm not going to go out and be an asshole, and then someone's going to come back and be like, dude, you're a member of that church and you're a jerk. Yeah, maybe you know I shouldn't go to that church. So, so that same sort of ethos is at play here, right? So, mm. so being a member of, of a Masonic lodge, you would by your nature want to go out and do good works. Mm. Didn't always happen. Not always best things happen outside like that. Um, but that's essentially how the charity happens. And then as you get to bigger, so the state level, the state um, gives some charity. So, so Masons, Freemasons themselves, they actually have a retirement home. Uh, for widows and orphans hmm. and for destitute Masons. So if you're a Mason in good standing for a certain period of time, you're eligible to go into the retirement home. So they have retirement homes. I'm sure they still charge and take Social Security and stuff, but but there is a retirement home for it. If you're an orphan, they run uh, charitable organizations to help orphans. Back in the day when you know being an orphan was probably a little bit more of a worse thing that you didn't have the state organized stuff for, Yeah, they would take care of kids, right? Wow. They would also take care of uh, the widows. So let's say a Mason died, they mm-hmm. would be there to help the widow to live out her days. So, okay. So that's, that's the business part. That's yeah. the, is there now a social, was there a social element to that meeting then? So again, I keep going back to drinking. Yeah. If you're not drinking or smoking weed in the parking yeah. lot. Eating. So they'll eat. Oh, there's eating. Yeah. So, so they'll okay. have dinners. They, they may have speakers. Um, back when I was way more active, uh, we would organize speakers to come and mm-hmm. um, to uh, like motivational speaking. Yeah, sometimes it could be motivational speaking. Could be you know we get tap dancers in, accordion players in. 
sometimes it would be not quite a Tony Robbins, but you know, yeah. some some virtuous person talking about doing. So good it's stuff. nothing for anybody to be freaked out about. I don't, not at all. No, not nothing. At all. Nothing. Nope. Trust me, I've been probing. It doesn't sound like, but but still, after twenty years, you just grew out of it. You're like, whatever. Yeah. This I could have been like, an email. What's that? This could have been an email. Like, why am I doing this? No, I think for me, growing out of it was really based on um, just not wanting to toe that line anymore. So, so just as like they do all this positive stuff, there, there's also some some you know what I think the Ron DeSantis in the world would say is too woke to 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 recognize. So, so my my issues with it is that um, there's still a degree of um, blackness and whiteness to it. So, so there's a line of, of black African-American Freemasonry. Oh, literally black and white. Uh, yeah. So, so Prince Hall Freemasonry is a beautiful thing. It exists. And, and a lot of states have grown to, um, recognize it. So there's mutual recognition with them, but the fact that there's still like two separations of it, uh, another thing, and this was one of the ones that really affected me the most, um, is, is Freemasonry as it exists today, um, just completely ignores women. So, so half of half of our gender on this planet can't be a Freemason, can't be a regular Freemason. That's not to say that first women would want to be Freemasons, but <laughs> there are women Freemason organizations. But the regular Freemasonry doesn't go far enough in recognizing it or even admitting women. And so, there's some issues with that in the sense of um, equity, right? So, so right. You know what I mean? It 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 is it is wrong to stand on your laurels of being a just and upright person doing these great moral things, but then to say, oh well, fuck that group because they're women. Like we can't have women. So so that to me really like threw a mm-hmm. whole wrench into the work. So so it's segregated by black and white yeah. sometimes. Uh yes, and in some states and across what, the board with women was was um. I keep wanting to call them a clubhouse, and I don't mean it in a no. I mean it's way. essentially a clubhouse. Yeah. Did they have any blacks at your clubhouse or your there, temple? There, I should there, be respectful. So, so there are different levels. So temples, lodges. Mm. Uh, God, I don't know. Shrine calls them shrine temples. Scottish mm-hmm. rite temples. Yeah. So, so there were, uh, there were. I don't think though that they had the same like if you looked at like the population i don't think that it matched the population but i don't think it's because there was any sort of disparagement right like they didn't turn Mm. people away because they were asian or african-american or something else i just don't think that there was a big interest from those communities so like when you you know when you look at this like society in general where like 10 percent is this 17 percent is that 50 Mm -hmm. percent this percent that like it's skewed Nowadays, I'm not sure how it would skew, but at I, your I don't temple, think half of them weren't Latino. They well today they probably are, but begin. Oh, be, are they really? Well, begin because the population centers, right? So our population center is probably more than fifty percent Latino. So that to Good. me would say that there's uh, more uh, Latinos in there. But you know, different communities seem to have different um, degrees to which they've embraced it. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, within say Filipino communities, they may have lodges that are all Filipinos mm-hmm. that don't have an African-American member or even a white member, but because it's a community that right. it's in. So that's, that's where I'm saying. Do the Masons have a stance on gays? That was another area that I kind of felt uh, that they, they 
didn't necessarily embrace. I don't think that they have a stance on it. What ends up happening is that each lodge gets to vet its own members. And in that process, any biases that those members have can come out in that vetting process. Mm -hmm. And so if there, if there are biases against uh, homosexuals, gays, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. um, that would come out in that membership. So, so as you know, as someone has to go and vet somebody to say, can you be a member? It's up to two or three people who can, who can like, you know, check a box and say, that's it. Yeah. It's not a group thing. Uh, so the group gets to vote on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn, but fuck it. The group, <laughs> the group gets to vote on the findings of those people. So, oh. so a small committee gets together. They vet the person. So let's say if you were if you were hiring somebody, you would you would give that job to another organization who would run a background check, mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of costly, but you know it's going to check the schools you graduated from, the places that you've worked, your bank accounts, your your credit scores. And if you have any criminal background, mm-hmm. well, so the way it works within the lodge is that they, even with that as a tool that's available, they end up just giving the application to a couple of members and they tell them, you know, trusted members, but they tell them to go vet this applicant mm-hmm. and then they go through and it's like they interview them, they meet them. So, so in, in one hand, it's pretty good because they're vetting somebody at a level that, you know, is there a fit within personality? Mm-hmm. But if there are any biases that exist within that person, then that, that will cloud or color their decision making and mm-hmm. then, you know, exclude that person. And so I, you know, I, I am not in charge of it. Never was I in a position to be in charge of it. But from what I was seeing and just the sense that I was getting across the board, not just here in Los Angeles, but across the board, um, I don't know if they were really embracing it in a way that they were, you know, trying to be inclusive of everybody mm-hmm. that again, that's just in the, in the male aspect. I feel like I really, I really took umbrage at the fact that their exclusion of women, the way that they treated yeah. women in it and just didn't like, even like a denial that even women lodges existed. Like, like how, like these women lodges existed. Like this isn't like the only deal here. Somebody could easily go and join a co-masonic or if a woman wants to go join a, uh, an all, uh, a mixed one. Um, and the, the, the main organization, like just flat out refused to acknowledge it. And so, so hmm. for me, it's sort of like, eh, all right. So it wouldn't even be on the website. What's that? It wouldn't even be on the website. Probably not. Like wow. they wouldn't even point people to it. Like if I'm a woman and I want to be a Mason, I would doubt that the what, main what lodge. Do you, what do you think's underneath all that? There is a there is a strong hold of tradition, like so many other organizations, to to not acknowledge it and embrace it. And and again, that's where the lack of change. So so the fact that their their change is super slow within it as an organization, mm-hmm. um, that's what I think it is that they just don't want to embrace that change. And you know, this is something that. Um I think this new generation is so much better at, yep. you know, but so, so in the case with masonry though, I feel like they've missed the boat. So, so me doing everything that I did in the past with the websites and everything else was this idea to, to, to counteract a lot of the negativity, uh, and try to put a positive face on it in places that the organization wasn't doing a good job. So, so at the point that I got tired of it, like I'm tired of trying to tow this or tote this water, mm-hmm. um, the organization still doesn't do a very good job at that. And I feel like um, that even forces within it are still um, holding it down 
to not let it embrace those things or holding on to tradition that, you know, back to that wokeness that we would say, you know, it's, it's, you can't do that because it's woke. Um, maybe woke is what you need to wake the fuck up. Like this is society now. And you're right. The young people today, they are aware of this. Um, but in that same vein, they're not interested in this stuff. If it's not, if, if it's not embracing what is like a current cultural thing, you know, that that's, uh, it, it's, it's funny when, when the woke definition yeah. is used as a negative. Yeah, I know. Right. Because yeah. it's like you're you're upset about equality, right? You're upset about treating right. women like yourself, like that's bad. Yeah. And so, um, again, I think I I kind of feel like this is the last gasp, the Desantis's of the world, yeah, are the last gasp of that type of white man, yeah. which you're clearly not, who who is comfortable with. Their ignorance, yeah, and uh, satisfied with what power they used to have, and are afraid of what power they're about to lose. Yeah, but they're really not going to lose it. That that's the you don't illusion. think so? I, I, so if they're looking at it as power, then mm-hmm. sure they're going to lose it. But the reality is that it was never power to begin with. So so that's what I think the the rage against the machine is. Not yeah. to use yeah. such a good band, but that's what the rage is about. It is that it's like a discovery that it was never power to begin with. Well, I guess what I'm thinking about with power is when you look at the board of directors of GE or yeah. GTE 20 years ago, it's all white guys. Yeah, probably. So, and that's yeah. changing now. True, but did that mean that it was powerful then and it's not powerful now? That just means that it was different faces, right? So, right. so if you look at the research, and this is this is so so this is a whole different vein to get into, right? Mm-hmm. So you can you can look at the data, and the data tells you that diverse teams do better than not diverse teams. That's right. And so so you can rage against that all you want, but having that diverse team is still going to be better in the long run than that group of old white dudes. Other than you, mm-hmm. who is the most famous Mason alive today? Oh, my gosh. Um, in the U.S., in California, bonus points for L.A. This is going to be a weird one. Uh, it is it is not regular Freemasonry, but he's still a Freemason, if, if memory serves correctly. Please say Obama. No. Shaquille O'Neal, though. What? I, I want to say that Shaq is a Freemason. That's even better. It's... Uh, I, I would have Shaq. to validate it to to confirm it, but yeah. So he's in one of these black. Uh, uh, what would you call the uh, black ones? I want to say Prince Hall. So I, I believe Prince he Hall? is a Prince Hall Freemason. Yeah, Prince Hall. Yeah, is that a guy's name? So so Prince Hall is uh, was he was a freed slave back in New England that was made a Mason uh, by a cohort of Irish Freemasons. I'm totally probably totally butchering this. Someone else could probably tell a story better. He was a freed uh, black slave, made a Mason, and he founded this organization of Prince Hall Freemasonry thereafter. So so other freed African-American black individuals could become Masons at a time when no one else could. Like 17, late 17. I love this. Yeah, pretty cool. Now I finally have a question to ask Shaq. <laughs> I don't know if he'll, he'll admit it, but I, I want to say that there are photographs... 
So, so Masons at different levels take their membership uh, differently. Some are very private about it. Some are very public about it. Obviously, I went public. I wrote books. I've run a website, run a podcast. Um, others are pretty... Uh, but you're not up to nefarious things. No. No, but, but there's a social stigma that I, they're afraid of? I think of? so. From some. So so there are some people that, that sort of look down their nose at it. Or or will... Is, is, there, is, there, is there a handshake, first of all? I will not confirm nor deny. <gasps> but but if, if, if Shaq... Let's say I approach Shaq. Mm-hmm. And I go, I hear you're a Prince Hall Mason. Mm-hmm. What's up, brother? Is that enough for him to know uh, that I know it would be, a little bit about this I world? I think that would be enough to probably trigger him and heighten his awareness uh, to then test you. Okay. And but, there, there would be a test. And if you failed that test, you probably wouldn't talk to him the same again. I just want him to admit that he is. If he's on the fence about uh, admitting Shaq's kind of cagey with stuff like that. I don't think he would. But like, is there a code word or something I could say? Or is that enough? Prince Hall is enough. By the way, that's going to be my new password. <laughs> is there a code word? Uh, I no, there's no code word. There's nothing, nothing that you could drop. So nothing it's really that, the ring. Nothing I that find I a could. Ring. Nothing that I could communicate to you as something to communicate to him. Yeah. Um, were I to meet him, I think I could prove myself to him. Well, you could. Yeah. You've written four books. Well, but but I'm about to even saying just like the at the base level thing. So yeah. because it's a it's it's a it's an organization that recognizes others of the same organization. So yes, there there are methods by which yeah. they do that. But a regular guy can't get it out of him unless he's not a regular guy. He's got to be a, a brother. Yeah. To figure it yeah. out. I think I think he would tell the truth. I don't, think he's a, I don't think he would hide it again. I don't know what his level of like activity with like, it what's is. What's he worried? So. He's not worried about anything. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't, him, certainly not. Well, Greg, this has been amazing. Yeah, this is fun. This is a lot of fun. This has been amazing. Where should I eat in Reseda? Ooh. Oh, man. I, I told you I barely talk about food. Yeah. LA um, Taco can talk about Reseda tacos all they want. <laughs> God, where to eat in Reseda? Um, What's your favorite place? There is a little spot that before this last week I would have said go there. It <gasps> is a it is a dive of a place. My favorite. Uh, and the food is hit or miss every time. Fine. It's called Lulu's. Okay. And it's the weirdest little spot in the valley. It is such a throwback to what the valleys were in the eighties. <gasps> um, but for breakfast, go. Their chicken is usually good. The last time I ate there, it wasn't. What what what's uh, like fried chicken? Yeah, roasted chicken is what they're roasted playing. chicken. Roasted with the roasted bee. roasted. So it's like it's like a diner. Yeah, kinda. So it's a diner with the. If I order the chicken, I'm gonna get mashed potatoes and some stri- yep. uh, some Veg. peas, maybe. That's it. Yep. A couple slices of bread. Yep. Yeah, a basket of bread. It is it is an old it is an old school kind of restaurant in a in a in a space where every other old school restaurant has gone away. Like places come and go all the time. Great vegan spots come and go. Yeah. Um, Lulu's probably owned that land, and that's how yeah. they they ducked yep. it. Yeah. Good for Lulu's. Yeah. What street is uh, this in approximately? Gosh, Balboa and Satakoy. It's right near the Home Depot. Okay. Out there. Good Home Depot. You like that one? It's okay. It's the dirty Home Depot. And I say dirty. So so there are different Home Depots. There's a bougie Home Depot where <laughs> where bags of cement have been broken and there's not clouds of cement dust. And then there's the one that all the like the legit workers go to. 
the 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 Home Depot in in I don't think it's receipt of it's like Lake Balboa Van Nuys. It's where all the workers go. So okay. so it's it's it looks like it's gets well trafficked. So Greg, I, I guess I was under the impression you had a website about the valley. I guess you don't. That's don't. fine. Nope. Where can people uh, follow you? So so my latest website is uh, plantingnatives.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Greg B. Stewart. Wait, planting natives? That's what I want to do. Yeah. Plantingnatives.com. Yep. If you Google planting natives or my name, you'll find it. Uh, it's linked off of Twitter uh-huh. uh, or on Instagram. I think I'm Gregory B. Stewart underscore on Instagram. Gregory B. Stewart underscore? Yeah, I think there was another Gregory B. Stewart out there. Crazy, he, right? He'd be better watching his back. <laughs> Gregory B. Stewart underscore. Yeah. On Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Instagram. Instagram. Greg B. Stewart on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Are you happy with Twitter? No. Not should really. Should Elon be a, a, a brother and would that fix him up a little bit? No, I don't think so. Elon just needs to He wouldn't to go pass away. the, 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 the to, original test? He needs to go away. I'm sure he would. He could pay his way through it, but. But you guys got to vote. Yeah, we'd have to vote. They probably <laughs> voted in because he got the cash. <laughs> that always the case. system is still the system. <laughs> Greg, thank you so much. Yeah, and, and thanks for the oranges. You brought gifts. Yeah. By the way, it. if anybody wants to be a guest and be treated very nicely by me, absolutely, bring some bring some oranges. There you go. Thank you so much. Pleasure. We'll see you at uh, Lulu's. Yeah, there you go. Let me know. How great was Greg? You know who we'd float down the L.A. River with? Our Patreons. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, glad you survived this earthquake 30 years ago. Here's $30. So shout out to our Patreons. Nancy Rollman. I mean, you don't have to give us $30 for that. Shout out to our Patreons. Nancy Rommelman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grinke, Ben Welsh, Jen Adams, Trevor Wilson, Bree Wild, Dougie Gyro, Christina Up North, Robin Carey, Adam Shorn, Ben from Down Under, Chris from the ATX, Gregor, and Phil. To be a Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash here in LA and give till it hurts. Want to support us, but your rent just went up because the rent control increases start in February? You can still help. Post your favorite episode on your Facebook. Start with this one. Just share from our Facebook group and say, you got a Freemason on there? Tweet the link on your Twitter or your threads. Put it on your live journal for all I care. But tell your friends. Tell them how Here in L.A. is spelled, and then it's on Apple Podcasts and Google and even YouTube. Here in L.A. is produced by myself, Tony Pierce. Music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Orgone and Jordan Katz. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen for inspiring this, and Angelinos everywhere who spend their free time volunteering to make this city even more beautiful. Thank you.